Welcome back to the Loved Out Loud podcast. My name is Benton Glass, and I'm one of your co-hosts along with Weston Downing. Um, this week, we have the privilege and honor of having one of my closest friends and favorite cousins, Reagan Ramsey, on the show. And, and, and we're really going to be talking about guarding your testimony or keeping a clean name. Thank you all for tuning in. Reagan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Reagan, it's, it's an honor to have you on this podcast. It's good to be here. Now, are you going to do better than your dad did last week? I will try. Lord, I hope so. Because I felt like your dad was just rebuking me and teaching me the whole time. And I'm just like, I was sweating. I've never sweated that hard. But plus the air was off in that cabin. So Weston, we were both a little scared to say anything. I, think. <laughs> I don't think we said anything. So shout out to you, Phil. Thanks for your time. A good one. So, Reagan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you go to school? How old are you? All that good stuff. Okay, well, I'm 21. I'm actually Benton's cousin and one of Weston's friends for a super long time. I don't know when we met. But I'm 21. I'll be 22 next month. I go to Mississippi College. I just finished my junior year. And I'm getting a degree in music education. So, hopefully going to be a choir teacher at either middle or high school and have a younger sister and an older brother and I love music and yeah that's pretty much it I'm doing an internship this summer so that's my summer job at a church you're at a church I'm at a church I know that but everybody else doesn't know that (laughs) so did you say what did you say when you're gonna graduate I'll graduate in May of 2020 did she say that I did not say that okay I'm just making sure I'm not done (laughs) May of 2020 that's getting close ain't it it's close I have one semester of classes and then in the spring, I'll student, student teach. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I won't even fun. be on campus. I'm kind of jealous. This is be fun. Then you're making the big bucks. Oh, yeah. Big. Are you ready to graduate <laughs> college? Um, Yes and no. I'm ready to not have to be in school anymore. Um, But I'm not ready to be away from my friends. Mm. You, plan to move, you plan to move back to West Tennessee from Mississippi? Um, that's the plan right now, but we'll see what happens in the next year. I don't want to offend any of your Mississippi friends, so I'm not going to ask you if it's an upgrade or a downgrade moving back Love to West Mississippi. Upgrade. <laughs> I mean, if nothing happens, I would want to be close to my family. You know, yeah. if something, if some big opportunity doesn't show up, then I'll definitely move back. So Reagan, really, um, I know we reached out to you about wanting to join our cop pot. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Reagan, we reached out uh, to you. So Reagan, you know, me and Weston both reached out to you, and we really wanted you to be on our podcast because we know that you're, you're really seeking the Lord and, and you're doing some really great things. Um, but really, what's on your heart and what do you want to get into to, today? Well, really what I wanted to share today is just talk about my testimony. It's a little bit different, not in the fact that I'm just some amazing person, but it's different than what you hear at like youth conferences, crazy stories of people being saved and then really just talk about how to walk in obedience have a clean conscience live a live a good life keep your testimony clear mm-hmm. basically that's yeah because when i think of you regular you know i don't think of you as a goody two-shoes not the word but i think of you you're one of the nicest people i've ever met <clears throat> and you really love the Lord, but you're somebody that's just consistent. You know, you're very consistent, so your walk with the Lord. And I know I'm not, I'm not trying to make you sound perfect because you have the highs and lows like everybody else. But I know you're always just loving and nice and consistent in who you are as a person, I felt like. Not trying to make you perfect, like I said. But I always know, I was like, 
Reagan's the person I could go to with just about anything. Yeah, so that's just to speak to your integrity and your character, which I know you just wanted to hear so much. <laughs> <clears throat> so Reagan, if you want to just tell us a little bit about your testimony and kind of how that went and how you got saved and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll start off um, saying that I'm definitely not an amazing some amazing person and always get kind of worried to share my testimony because you know if you go to youth conferences or passion the speakers there they were like drug addicts and abused and like just all this crazy all this crazy stuff like partied like all all you know all the all the worldly stuff but <clears throat> I was really saved before any of that could have really tempted me. I was saved in eighth grade, um, but I grew up in a Christian home. Both my parents loved the Lord. I went to church my whole life. I didn't always like going to church. All that that has nothing to do with it. Going to church doesn't mean that you're saved, but I used to like cry when we loaded the car up to go to church because I just really didn't like it. <laughs> um, but anyways, I was very, I mean, I was always a, a good kid, but a lot of my sin was just more inward yeah like I was just very wicked on the inside which I still am like under God's grace but like just a lot of hatred I wasn't nice to my siblings I was I didn't have the best mouth like just very thought the world revolved around me honestly like I hate going back and watching uh home videos like I'll cringe (laughs) so whenever I get married and the person comes to my house and they whip out the home videos. I'm going to freak out because because <laughs> you know your daddy's gonna be there because you're really bad. And your dad said this last week. He's a photographer, so you know he's got everything documented. Yeah, yeah, he does, and it's bad. But anyways, ah, we started going to First Baptist Covington when I was like in eighth grade, and so when we first started going there, they were having a disciple now, and I knew a few people there because a lot of my friends from school went to First Baptist, but went there and it was just crazy because you know when you go to youth retreats or college retreats you hear truth all the time like every two hours oh we're having another bible study so I was hearing a lot of truth and then I just kind of became broken and like realized my state and realized like it became real to me okay God actually did do this he's actually real he's actually in heaven right now and um so I was just really convicted so that's when I like gave my life to the Lord and then I remembered um, when we would go in small groups, the girls would separate. And I talked to some of the women that were, like, chaperoning, I guess. And I talked through it with them. And then we talked about what it meant and then, um, like, talked about baptism. And so then I was baptized after that. And then, so I was saved then. Um, I kind of just went through the motions the next couple of years. Um, like, God definitely changed my heart. I mean, it wasn't an overnight thing. But... Um, it wasn't until my sophomore year of high school that I just really got, I don't want to say on fire, but I just want to say more serious. Like, mm-hmm. I was more consistent in the Word. Yeah. Um, and that's the point in my life where my dad, he was, like, growing a lot. And so he would come home and, like, pour into us. And then I had really good godly friends. So praise the Lord that I got saved before all the gunk of high school and Mm -hmm. college came in. Like, I had good people surrounding me, so it was never, like, a temptation for me to drink or for me to sleep around or Mm -hmm. whatever. So, yeah. And so, I mean, not that I haven't done a lot of just super bad worldly things, but, like, I still struggle and I'm still sinful. So, 
Mm. Yeah. What I want to do, Reagan, because I want to just look at your testimony and the different aspects or kind of the stages and really just kind of dissect it because I can relate with you in that because, I mean, I got <laughs> saved. I went down to the altar, got saved, and I said, you know, I want to follow the Lord when I was young, got baptized when I was young, but it didn't click until uh, sophomore year or whatever. But, yeah, like yeah. you, it was that stage – I didn't hit that freedom yet of being able to drive, which is, I think, is a big deal. Obviously, you got people to ride with. You know, it's not the huge barrier, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a big barrier. And so I didn't enter, like, I did a lot of terrible things, but a lot of that was an inward change. Because I remember yeah. somebody, I was, my junior year when I was on fire for Christ, trying to share the gospel or just share what Christ has done in my life. And I was talking to a guy, and he goes, but you were never a bad guy because everybody that's not a Christian thinks they're going to heaven probably because they're good because mm-hmm. they're good. And then I think Phil said it last week. Well, that's filthy rags compared to, mm-hmm. you know, righteousness. Mm-hmm. So even if, you know, you were a good person, yeah. if you amount it to all the bad things mm-hmm. you've done, it's really not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but yeah, I remember trying to, and he was like, that guy I was talking to, he was like, well, nothing about you changed. And I relate it because it's like exactly like you. It was just this inward change that happened. And like how you said it, you know, you don't have some crazy testimony. Like yeah. at the youth conferences, you weren't a drug dealer. <laughs> you didn't uh, get addicted <laughs> to crystal meth or anything yeah. like that, which we laugh about. But like, you know, we all know what we're talking about. And those things are great. And it's kind of like Paul's testimony. He was the guy that was hunting Christians down right when Stephen was stoned. He was right there holding the Roman soldiers' clothes or whoever's clothes. I can't remember, but he was hunting Christians down and killing them. And he had his Paul on the road to Damascus life change experience where God's. Yeah. And his and people say, I've heard this before. I just don't know if God can save me for everything I've done. Well, if you haven't been hunting down and killing Christians, I think He can forgive you. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what? So Weston, I think one thing that's big about this, especially with Reagan and people like her, who've, who've you know been seeking the Lord from a young age is that God really delights in a clean testimony. Um, God doesn't desire for us to be this, to be professional sinners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't want me to go do all these sinful worldly actions before I'm saved. So therefore I can reach more people. No, God, God, that's what God, that's how God ordained the family. Mm-hmm. And he, he wants you to be brought up in a Christian family and to know the Lord from a young age, mm-hmm. that's so I think a good point. That's, yeah, that's a big deal. Um, he He wants us to know to know Him and and be in relation with Him when we're when we're young. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's God's desire, right? Is for you to be brought up in a Christian home. Now, does that always happen? Obviously not. Yeah. Um, we live in a fallen world. Yeah, and you can be brought up in a Christian home and still, <clears throat> obviously, be the prodigal. If you want to mm-hmm. say, you can still be a hellion. Yeah. Even if your dad's a pastor, even if whatever, I mean, that's but, there. Yeah. But really, the main point is whether you were this, you were a good kid who didn't do the worldly things, or, or you were the the hellraiser, prodigal. You're still under the same. You're yeah. still a sinner by mm-hmm. nature. You Which, yeah. One thought, one bad thought. Yeah. Damn. I don't mean to be really blunt, but like one lustful thought one lie could send you to hell so Mm -hmm. everybody's bad Mm -hmm. everybody it doesn't matter if you're super pure and you're super godly or whatever we all sin we can't go 15 minutes without thinking a bad thought or being critical or whatever so reagan tell me this so you get saved you have this inward change like you were talking about Mm -hmm. 
And so out of this inward change, do your actions change? What's that look like? Because honestly, there may be some new believers listening, and some believers that are listening to this show right now are even unbelievers. Everybody can get some, I think, what we're about to talk about. So tell me, what changed when you were justified then and there and you were saved? What changed? I think, which we were talking about earlier, when you are, when you're saved at the moment of salvation, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit and you are sanctified. You're not being, you're not, it's not, I'm not talking about the ongoing process of sanctification, but you are accepted at that point. Like God sees you as blameless, but, um, and you're not going to have an overnight change. It's not like, okay, Reagan got saved on Tuesday and Wednesday. She was crazy different, like completely different person. And I mean, that could happen, but that's not, Mm -hmm. um, like most likely, but, um, once you're saved, being in the word, praying, like God's going to give you a new heart, like a regenerate newborn heart. So you're Mm going to have different desires. Um, but I think through reading the word through praying, like he will sanctify you, which means to mold you into his likeness. Um, but I think just the more you grow, uh, just your desires are going to change because the way that you look at life changes, like your whole perspective changes. So my mission now is share the gospel, love the Lord, grow in your relationship with him, those kind of things. Whereas before it was all me centered, you know, mm-hmm. now it's, yeah. it's not about me at all. So. And so that was, that's basically to sum up following Christ. It's to truly follow Christ means he has to become everything to you. And it says, if you lose your life, you will truly find it. And mm-hmm. it's to somebody that's not a believer, that really doesn't make sense. So, Reagan, to go off what you kind of just said, Jesus said, if you lose your life, then you will really find it. Just tell me what it means. Like, salvation is free, but it will cost you everything. Like, it's a free gift, but when you accept that free gift, like you said, your heart has changed. From the right. heart of stone, I think it talks about in Ezekiel, from the heart of stone to heart of flesh and blood, you're truly alive now, seeking things that are that are that are real you know that are not just dead you're not just a dead sinner walking or whatever but uh tell me what it means how following christ is going to cost you everything okay well i'm going to read i have this on my phone it's luke 14 25 through 27 and it says now great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me um, cannot be my disciple. Um, so, and basically that verse doesn't mean actually hate your mom and your dad and your wife and your brother and your sister. It just means that God needs to be your number one priority. Mm-hmm. But remind me of your question. So the question was, what does it mean that following Jesus will cost you everything? And I like what you said, that that scripture doesn't literally mean you have to hate your father or your mother, because that doesn't, you know, if you have to interpret scripture with scripture, obviously that doesn't line up with a lot of scriptures in the Bible that I have to hate my father and mother, but I have to love everybody else. That doesn't mean that. So what does that really mean? Well, I think that if you have your perspective right, and that you see that God is your number one priority. He's the reason I'm on this earth. He's my creator. He's my savior. Like, he's coming back one day. Um, then I feel like you want you want different things. And so you realize that your life is really, it's not about you. Like, your life is important because God can use you. But 
it's really about giving up things and being willing to lose, I don't know, I don't want to say your house, but like just give up worldly things or whatever so that you can be used by him because it's not about you. The big yeah. thing. Sorry, Benton, go ahead. Um, so you're, like we said, salvation is free. So it's a free gift, but it will cost you everything. So what, what's an example or maybe something that like it can cost you from having? Um, maybe like a relationship. Yeah. Friendships, maybe friendship. Yeah. If you are in the wrong crowd and you're like, Hey, I love these people, but I know that this isn't good for me. Like, right. and that's not to say that you can't be friends with people who are super worldly, like by all means be friends, but be careful who you are spending good amounts of time with because yeah. y- you believe it or not, they're going to impact you. So, um, just being able to say, Hey, or like even a, a dating relationship that you're in, you might be head over heels for this guy or for this girl, but you're like, man, like this just, I know it's not honoring to God. So I've got to give it up. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's a, that's a theme across the new Testament of the Bible, right? It's, it's not that following Jesus is, is an easy is easy thing. No, it's not. It says here that, that God has to be the number one in your life. And if God's not number one, then it says you can't be my disciple. Mm. And disciple is Christian, really. Mm-hmm. Same word. So so if God's not number one, then then really are you his disciple? Right? Yeah. Mm. All right, Reagan. So so we're talking about being a real disciple. Um, we're talking about giving up everything and making God number one. So so how does once once we've done that right, we've been saved how does that really transition into us being an ambassador for Christ? Okay, well, I want to read 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21. Um, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. Everything is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, like, once you're saved you become an ambassador for Christ. And the word ambassador is just another word for a representative. So I'll give you an illustration that I've heard before. So let's say Reagan works for Trump. I'm an ambassador for Trump. Mm -hmm. And he, so I'm a representative of him, basically. And he says, Reagan, go to China and tell the leadership there this. Tell them this is what I want them to do about this or like, this is the an agreement that I want us to come to or whatever. Um, so he sends me an ambassador to China and I go to China. Well, when I get there, I don't say, hey, like me personally, this is what I think you should do. This is what I think needs to be done. No, it's it's not about you anymore. Like you're his representative. So it's his work. It's what he wants to do through you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a good like this is so big if you're a believer and how you carry yourself and what you do because here's the deal we think about oh, okay we're talking about ambassadors for christ yeah i know i need to follow christ we're thinking about just these these big moments are like well i go to church they see me go to church let's narrow it down to the small moments okay like i have people over and they see my netflix history and they seem that i've watched inappropriate movies they know it's past like but isn't weston a christian 
that's kind of tearing up my testimony mm-hmm. and maybe even tearing up their view of who God is, even though he can come over, he can overcome that if he wants to say, if, if they get saved or whatever. Um, but how do they look at me now? Because my testimony by what I do is just as strong as what I say, because yeah. I mean, Ben, we were talking about integrity earlier. What's integrity in your own words? Um, so I would say integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so go ahead. So I agree. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so as Christians, if we're ambassadors for Christ, that is backed up by integrity. Mm-hmm. What we do, what our heart is wanting, and what we say, they have to match up. Yeah. And so as ambassadors for Christ, you have to look at yourself on the micro level, <clears throat> going to McDonald's, what I watch on Netflix, because am I, what am I doing in private when nobody's around? That can be shed into the light any moment especially living in a digital age because i'm you know i'm mr funny i like to make people laugh but all it takes is one you know like comment or inappropriate joke or if i say something quick on you know like anything can be blown out of perspective and people look at me and say well weston's got that podcast you know he's mr christian now like even i mean even now like our first episode like a lot of people viewed it we honestly didn't expect anybody to listen (laughs) and then now i i felt like this now i feel like the spotlight is on me Kind of like how it was in high school. Like I'm just, try- I'm just trying to follow Christ. Look, I'm just a dirty sinner. I'm just a beggar. This is to quote somebody, whoever said it. I'm just a beggar trying to show other beggars where the food is. Don't look at me like I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's important. It's important to remember, like that people are watching, and that shouldn't make yeah. you say, "Oh, Benton's watching me." That that's why I have to do it. You know, you have to have integrity about it, have the right heart behind it. So again, being in the Word. Right. But I think um, that. Oh wait. So Reagan, sorry to interrupt you, but I think uh, <laughs> one thing that's that that's really neat, right, is you're not an ambassador whenever you want to be an ambassador. Okay, Ooh, so, okay, there we so go. So you can't you can't just flip the mm-hmm. switch. Bam! Mm-hmm. Sunday morning, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, I'm an ambassador for the sake for, for the world. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You, you get what I'm saying? For the rest it, of your life, it's you believe now you're an ambassador. Mm-hmm. It's not. You're an ambassador when you choose to be an ambassador. Yeah. Going back to, like, sinning, are you saying, um, you know, you're doing one thing on Saturday night, but then you're like, oh, I'm an ambassador Sunday morning. I think the difference after you're saved with your sin is that before you were openly just not... I mean, you were just kind of okay with it because you kept repeatedly doing it. But now that you are saved, you'll struggle with sin. Yeah. So you won't celebrate it. And so when you do mess up because you will mess up, um, just repent. And if someone has, maybe practically, if someone has seen you do that, like, man, what's on your Netflix? Whatever. You'd be like, tell them the story. Say, yeah, I'm I'm through with that. I realized that was wrong. I gave it to the Lord, surrendered it to Him. You know, whatever. Because we are going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. And you said it's not about us, but we talked about this before we start recording. You know, your name is valuable. Your yeah. testimony is valuable. You need to, and we, we talked about this in a Sunday school this morning on the lesson, that you need to guard your name, guard your testimony with everything you have. Because, you know, if I'm following Christ 20 years down the road, I don't want something stupid that I've done yeah. or something that somebody tried to. You know, if I'm following Christ, people are going to try to attack you. That's just the truth right. of the matter is because there is spiritual warfare going on. You're in a war and, uh, you know, you're the enemy of the world and people are going to try to everything you do. It's like, well, you're Mr. Perfect, aren't you? You're trying to follow Christ. Like, no, dude. It's like, and it, look, I'll read what you have on Galatians 2.20 right yeah. here. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and he gave himself for me. So the beginning of that says, I've been crucified with Christ and I mm-hmm. no longer live. So it's no longer my desires. Right. Like how you talked about earlier. Right. And y'all all know the verse about denying yourself and taking up your cross and following him. Like it's not easy and your flesh is still going to want to do that stuff sometimes. But physically, like take your thoughts captive, give it like just give it up like physically like if, you, if something comes on the tv just get up and walk out like he's giving you the power to get up and walk out like let me read this first um it's first corinthians ten thirteen. it says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man god is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it so you're not i don't say you're no longer slave uh, mm-hmm. to sing because I think that's a song but <laughs> yeah. you aren't like you're no longer in you know you're not bonded by sin like you have the ability to say no so if you sin you're choosing to sin it's not because anybody's making you sin mm-hmm. yeah when I think about I had to walk somebody's dog the other night <laughs> I've never had a dog so please nobody hate on me I've always wanted a dog my mom doesn't like animals <laughs> off of that rabbit trail so i'm walking somebody's dog the other night and let the dog do its business it's dark whatever i'm walking in this neighborhood and you know that dog wants to go this way it wants to go that way i have to like jerk you back i'm like come on i don't want to go that way i was like we're getting back to the house and it's kind of like your mind and your body it's like in this moment i am being tempted or if something just flashes across tv and it's just me by myself Mm -hmm. i have to take my body and steer it away like that dog i gotta jerk you back and say no you know better than that. You kind of just have to whip it like an animal. You may just kind of like, get back. Oh, somebody's going to think I'm beating animals over here. I got to cut that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a whip like a dog. You got to, you got, all right, I'm just going to pick over here. You got to steer three, four. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You have to control your body like it's an animal and you got to correct it. So when you're in that moment, something pops on the screen of Netflix or you're, popped i've been telling people i'm working on my filter lately or i was like i want to say this comment but it's not completely appropriate you know even though i'm in a group of christians right here Mm -hmm. right but it's like i don't need to do that because if i really believe what i'm saying right here on this podcast if i want to guard my testimony and guard my name then i better start living like it right but really so weston we're talking about guarding your testimony or keeping a clean name well what does that do let's say you're living a righteous life you're denying yourself what does that, that that really do? That brings glory back to God. Right? Mm-hmm. So God God gets glory by me repenting of my sins and changing my lifestyle mm-hmm. and telling others about them. Mm-hmm. And it's not works-based. No. Yeah. Reagan, did you uh, have that scripture in Ephesians about... Um, yes. I think Ephesians 2, 8, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Right. Um, so I think a, a a key a a key point in that verse is, is by grace you've been saved. So I can't do anything to be saved, but once I experience that grace, I believe that grace. I, I'm, I'm I dwell in that grace. Then that grace it pushes me to mm-hmm. do good works, right? Mm-hmm. But Wesson, talk about the guilt over grace type thing. You know, we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm, the guilt over grace. You have to operate from a place of grace. You got to live in that grace because it's easy for me. I mean, let's let's back up and look at a practical perspective here. Every morning, we all 
all three of us are going to struggle with it. All right, I need to read my Bible this morning. Yeah. I mean, because I'm a big, look, I'm going to read it in the morning. If I don't get it to it in the morning, it's probably not going to happen. But it's just trying to convince myself every day. And this is a part of that working out the salvation thing. It's about convincing myself every day. This is worth it. And I don't want to feed myself today. I don't want to pray right now. And it feels like everything in the world is trying to keep me from praying, probably because I didn't wake up early enough and the work has already begun of the day. You got to be smart. Yeah. You got to be smart. And so operating in guilt over grace, it's saying it's operating out of that works thing. Yeah. Saying, all right, I'm going to do this now so I can do God a favor. I'm going to do this now because I feel guilty. For example, we talk about like overseas missions and stuff like that, about owning things. If I operated from a place of guilt, I say, well, people in Africa don't have everything. They don't have anything. And so I feel guilty because I own stuff. And it's like, that's not right. You need to operate from the place of grace and say, look, I'm blessed Mm. and where I'm at. And because I've been given a lot, much is required. And I shouldn't have to operate from that place of guilt. Is that where you were going with it? I don't know if I touched that completely. Because I struggle with being consistent in the word. And this is kind of like changing the topic just a little bit. Um, But the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And it's not like it's not good. If you get up and get in the word, like it's... It's great. As soon as you open it, for me, it's like, man, I'm so glad because it's so refreshing. But it is hard to get yourself to that place. Like, okay, let's sit down. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. Referring back to your testimony when you had this life change, tell me about this process and what it's like working out your salvation. Because that's a big thing I want to talk about. Because people think, all right, you get saved, then you start following Christ. You have it all together. Boom. No. Because there's still setbacks, isn't there? Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think basically my number one answer for how that works is being in the Word and being in prayer. You're not going to learn anything. You're not going to know anything if you're not in the Word. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, He'll start revealing things to you. Memory will start, I mean, not memory, Scripture will be stuck to your memory. Your life will change. You'll (laughs) just pop that mic, didn't you? Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Your life will change. Sorry to interrupt you. Life will change. Start sharing the gospel. I think this is also kind of off topic, but you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Oh, Like, be comfortable with being uncomfortable because if you're a Christian, that's going to be just a remaining theme. Like, yes, the more you share the gospel, the easier it is. But is it hard to, if you have somebody you love in your life and you know they're just living in sin, it's hard to Mm -hmm. go to them and, like, confront them and say, hey, here's the gospel. Like, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I mean, I think that's something for me this summer. Like, it's been, there have been moments that I've been pushed to go out of my comfort zone. And in the moment, I'm like, oh, I hate this. Mm -hmm. But I know that ultimately it's for my good and that the Lord is building me and pruning me and disciplining me and making me to where I can be stronger for Him. Mm -hmm. And that in future, um, like in future situations, I'll be able to do this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Megan, that's awesome that you say that because that's, the same thing just that the lord's teaching me i like what you said you have to be uh you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable right um reagan i think that's really great because because i know me and wes have talked about it maybe on an episode before this but but where do you grow you don't grow in a comfortable mm. position you mm. grow when you're uncomfortable if if everything is nice and and tidy and comfortable and and you're familiar with everything are you growing and yeah. that's in any aspect of life mm-hmm. it just from not even being a Christian, mm-hmm. that's just in life in general. If, if you want to be successful in life, then be 
be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And Reagan, kind of like what you said uh, about the <laughs> being comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's kind of a tongue twister. So kind of what you said about that and what the Lord is teaching you and putting you in difficult positions. And you're like, no, it's like I need to do this because it's worth it. And mm-hmm. like what you said with evangelism and sharing the gospel, there comes a part where rubber meets the road. I was talking with somebody about this the other day, and they're like, well, I really just don't want to feel like I'm calling them out on stuff. Because I was just saying how I ask, like sometimes I'll ask questions or whatever, kind of like your dad talked about last week, how you ask questions to kind of get to sharing the gospel. Yeah. And I was just asking these guy, this guy questions about his life. Because when you look into somebody's life, spiritual things are going to come up then. They just are because <clears throat> it's just what it is. And there comes a part where rubber meets through and you got to put your foot down. You really got to ask those hard questions and you don't want to. And you probably didn't even want to share the gospel to begin with. Yeah. No, for, yeah. I mean, I agree. And I think that something that you can rest in and something that you can have peace in is that it's not you doing the work. Mm. You're not going to affect whether this person is saved or not. Like you just be obedient and tell them, share the good news with them. If they're going to be saved, the Lord's going to do it. So you don't I always get weird, get scared. I went to kids camp or youth camp a couple weeks ago and there were some girls who just like they wanted to be saved. And so I was talking through it with them and I was like, man, like, what if I don't say the right thing or, you know, just getting worried about about me, really thinking about myself, um, which it's important to know, you know, yeah. know the gospel, know what you're saying. By all means, don't say something that's just crazy. Right. But um, it's it's not me that's doing it like the lord will use you it's his power through you so it's not like because sometimes i feel like when i talk to people i don't have the words to say i don't know what to say to them Mm -hmm. but like i know that Mm -hmm. i have the holy spirit right so i think sometimes when talking about evangelism we see it as well if this person gets saved right now then it's a win but if he doesn't, yeah. it's a loss. Uh-huh. And yeah. do you get what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. so backwards. Mm-hmm. God just says, be obedient and sharing. I'll do the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about whether they, they believe right now. It's about you being persistent in sharing and then mm-hmm. letting God do the rest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you look at it, it's not all about rewards and heaven or anything. And I only know a little bit about that stuff anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> dude, I remember your dad told me, I was on the phone with him talking <sighs> two months ago I think about this podcast or whatever and I, I and it was hard for me to put into words what we were going to do and so he's like why don't you just talk about Jesus and I'm like yes we are we're getting there but it's like <laughs> for people our age but he told me he, we were talking about sharing the gospel of course he was rebuking me on the phone and he says <laughs> you know your reward isn't whether like you said people get saved your reward is you just being obedient mm. and so I look at that totally different now and how I share the gospel it's like I just you know I just want to I want to do everything I can just to seek God more because you have those seasons of life where it's like you come into the stage of unbelief sometimes because you will go through different seasons, seasons you don't expect, Yeah. whether it's unbelief mm-hmm. uh, and you're questioning your salvation sometimes when you're an early believer or anything like mm-hmm. that. And how do you tackle that? You have to just seek God with everything can, with everything you can. Reagan, what do I mean when I say seek God? You've already said it, like getting in the Word. and yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to say it again, but getting in the word, that's, I feel like a lot of people with their problems in life, this is kind of off topic, but kind of not, Mm -hmm. um, they're, (laughs) they're facing different problems in their life and they want to go to like a self-help book Mm -hmm. or like a devotional that talks like scoots, it'll say a verse and then it'll, it'll talk about all this give you a story from their life or whatever and that's good yeah. but like this is the medicine like this is your instruction for life and 
I think that's hard for us to accept sometimes, but we're just hard-headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we just need to, it's literally right here in front right. of us. Right, so it's like, I think John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So how can how can we expect to grow in a relationship with God if we're not spending time with mm-hmm. God, which, which yep. this, this Word is literally yeah. God. Yeah. So I kind of want to wrap up with this quote. It's from this little pamphlet that I read this summer. Literally read it because it takes like an hour because there's only like 20 pages in here and it's tiny. What's it called? It's called Christ and Your Problems by J.E. Adams. And it sounds like the title is kind of like, what? But anyway, it's really good. <laughs> it's, um, okay, this is a quote from it. It says, and this is about kind of, it kind of goes along with what we're talking about in keeping your testimony clean. And it says, when others around you who do not know Christ cave in under life's load, you may stand. No, you must stand. For God has caused you to face the same problems that they face in order that he may demonstrate in you the wonder of his power and grace. When the trees outside are bent to the ground and the storm rages with ever-increasing intensity and the hearts of men are failing for fear, your heart must be like the clock that never misses a beat, that steady as ever ticks away at the same pace. You must demonstrate that the Lord that the Lord of the word has kept his word. So stop complaining, whining, worrying, pick up the Bible again, feed upon its strengthening message and solve these problems God's way to the glory of his son, Jesus Christ. Mm. Wow. That was heavy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good word. It's good. There's so many things like that in here. But if I had a, if I just had to challenge people that are listening to this, I don't know where you're at in life, but I'm going to preach it to myself. If you're saved... And you want to deny yourself, take up your cross. If if you just want to know God more, it takes you taking yourself and just lowering yourself and what you want in life. Get all of your idols out of the way, your career, money, all this mm-hmm. stuff. We kind of talked about that in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But get all those things and throw them away. They talked about hating your father and your mother, probably because that was something that was keeping him from following Christ. Yeah. If you're going to die when you're 80. First of all, you don't know if you're going to live till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What do you? Where is your heart? Where is your treasure going to be? Mm. Is it funny? <laughs> it's just a little and bit. anything, literally anything can be an idol. It can be something good. But if it's if it's taking the place of God. So I'm just going to give an example real quick. Like fitness. Some people that are super like hardcore fitness. And like I have idols in my life. I could just name them right now. But yeah. like. Um, fitness is not a bad thing, right? It's good to honor your temple and to right. do good things for your body. But like, if it takes the place of God and it's like, all you think about, like, I want to look like this, I want to be whatever, then yeah. it'd be an idol. So that's important. Mindset's a big thing every day. It's like, yeah. what am I chasing towards today? Because I'm a big picture type of guy. I'm yeah. a, I'm, I'm a dreamer. I'm not a practical guy. Like I'm thinking about long term, big term, and if God's not in that. Uh, then he's probably not in my today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ben, you got anything else you want to say before we wrap it up here? Uh, no, man, I think I'm good. Reagan, you got anything else? I'm good. Reagan, it was so great having you on this podcast. We had a lot of fun, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It's starting to get hot in this room. We're up here in my (laughs) attic, so I'm about to turn up the air on. But anyways, thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to leave us a review, you know, rate us, give us your honest opinion, what you think about us or just not about us, but about this podcast. And also shout out to us, like what you want to hear, what you want to talk about people that are, you know, in your twenties and this stage of life and this season of change, what can we talk about or what can I bring people on uh, that we can talk about that'll help speak to you. But thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>